it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Sports Talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. Wild day in Sixers land. We're going to break it all down. If you are new to the channel, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button as well. It helps grow the channel. And we talk about Philadelphia sports every day. Come join the party here at Broads Media. It's a no-brainer. What else is a no-brainer is getting yourself to a Sixers game. There's some great, fantastic tickets that are available for you at such a beautiful price. And if you use promo code Broads at SeatGeek's checkout page, you're going to also slice $20 off of those tickets as well. So make sure you get yourself to a game. And lastly, Broads Media on TikTok. We're incorporating some fun there. With that all being said, enjoy the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on into Sports Talk with Broads. I would label this a very emotional day for us 76ers fans. It started off hot and heavy Monday morning to start a fresh week before a lot of us could even get a sip of coffee through our veins. We're already seeing Woj and Ramona Shelburne throw out all sorts of reports about the Sixers and the Brooklyn Nets barely having conversation within the last handful of weeks. And then, of course, we already heard about Shams just a little bit ago that that the doors are opening on a possible trade. Then we're seeing Bill Simmons of The Ringer on his show talk about how Seth Curry and Ben Simmons in a trade could possibly be enough to acquire James Harden. Then we're seeing Keith Pompey of The Inquirer mention that there's so much happening that the two are trying to communicate through a third party and going through the back channels. So when I tell you that threw me in for a loop, and then I got to hear Joel Embiid in an interview that we're not accustomed to seriously hearing him in that form. I honestly can't even tell you the last time or if ever we've been able to get a Joel Embiid interview like that. He was on with Mike Missanelli and it was outstanding and that's where I definitely want to begin. All I'm trying to do is summarize basically the ups and the downs and the emotions just bouncing off the walls like no other. It has been one hell of a ride today yet here we are. So why don't we begin with the Joel Embiid interview, and I think right from the surface, I just have to admit, it was so nice to hear Joel Embiid, the professional basketball player. This dude is just a pro's pro. He took his jabs, he took his shots, and I think he did say some things 
towards Ben Simmons, even if he didn't necessarily label it in his direction, which I thought he did at times, and then it was somewhat subtweeting him, if you will. It also played within the lines, and he did it smoothly enough where, you know, my initial takeaway as soon as he hung up the phone and the show went to commercial break, I thought, wow, this guy's a treasure. I'm so happy to have him. There were times where I thought it was soothing just to listen to him speak about how he's parenting his child, talking about, do I want him to play basketball? I want him to be who he wants to be. And, you know, just, I'm like, what am I doing here? Here I am, just embracing and enjoying the hell out of Joel Embiid speaking about how he's going to allow his child to grow up and blossom in any way that he wants to. You know, any way that the child wants to and what he feels is right in life. He's going to allow his son to pursue. And I'm like, this is incredible. I love this guy. He can talk about anything. He can talk about pizza. He can talk about drugs. He can talk about money. I don't give a damn. Just give me my recliner. Let me put my feet up and enjoy the show. But all I know is if you go back to where he once was, and you think about who he was years and years and years ago when he was first coming up through the draft and where he is now. Mature is just the way to label it. And he speaks about what he did in years past and realized that I need to do everything in my power to win a championship. I want to win a title. I want to do it so damn badly. He looked at himself when things went wrong. He realized that he wasn't good enough. He had to be better. There was way more to work on in his game. So what did he do? He applied it. He went to work. He battled every single damn day in the offseason as much as he possibly could. And it's paying off. And we know he did it based off of the success rate that he has right now. Being able to pretty much dominate anyone who goes into his face. Or at least attempts to get into his face. He's just destroying them. Non-stop. And of course, a lot of things were brought up about Ben Simmons, and I love the fact that it went that angle, and uh, I I thought that there were some things, for example, when it comes to some of the, the trade comments made in the past, he goes, maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe it's deeper than that with Ben Simmons. Which is just crazy, right? Because whether it's the Doc Rivers comments or whether it's Joel Embiid's comments, which he brought up the fact that he threw out multiple, multiple issues with what happened late. He talked about Matisse Thibel missing a free throw. He talked about Joel Embiid having a turnover. And yes, he talked about Ben Simmons passing it up. But all he did was lay out what happened in the game. It's funny. When Sean McVay can pretty much point out any little thing that happened throughout the years and he talked about those plays, good or bad. It's praise that this guy's a genius. All he knows is everything ever about his career and a play call. That's so awesome. It's laying out plays that happen within a football game. And if it's Joel Embiid pointing out a play or a sequence of plays as a whole and just holding everyone accountable and pushing them to make sure. Because look, Joel Embiid wants to win a title. That's what he wants to do. He wants to win. So if he has to push you a little bit, and motivate you because after a game uh, you weren't good enough then take it take it and say I will show you use that motivation bottle it up so whether you despise Joel Embiid behind closed doors you flip him off internally and say I will show you I will show you if that's how soft you are Ben Simmons where those little comments will eat you alive and they'll make you feel a certain way about Joel Embiid fine but at least have the balls to back it up instead of just sitting there like a child. 
I loved listening to Joel Embiid express what he went through to get to where he is now. And basically, uh, just the way that he approaches the game, night in and night out, and even throughout each offseason, and getting to the superstardom that he is right now, you could just hear it in his tone, and you could hear it in the way that he's delivering his message, how badly he wants it, and how motivated he is to get there, and doing everything in his power to put this team in a position to succeed. Now, when he was asked about, you know, g- gathering more pieces and acquiring another player that could make it a bit easier, for him, he did mention that the guys in the room right now, to get to the uh, finishing goal here, they basically would have to play a perfect brand of basketball. Everyone would have to be playing at such an unbelievable level to their respectful amount, right? Everyone has to play to their version of perfect to be able to accomplish their goal, and it would be different with another player, sure, but James Harden is on the Brooklyn Nets, and that's not something he could talk about, but let's not forget that who's not a fan of Steph Steph Curry, James Harden. So he basically said it without saying it. I'm not allowed to make any sort of remarks about James Harden because he plays in a different city just a little bit north going through 95 or driving up 95 going through the George Washington Bridge. All right, I can't say any words on him, but who's not a fan of a Steph Curry? Who's not a fan about some of these players? And by the way, I I think it's funny that we're talking about James Harden because uh, talking about when Joel Embiid mentioned deeper than that and some of these comments and some of these articles and statements statements throughout the last year or so that clearly pissed off Ben Simmons. I don't know how you could be a a player in this league, an all-star player, and then feel disrespected when you're in trade talk scenarios and we're talking about pieces like James Harden, Bradley Beal, and Joel even mentioned that. If you told me the Golden State Warriors, this is a business. If the Golden State Warriors want to package together a Steph Curry, a Klay Thompson, and multiple first-round picks, and they want to trade that to Philadelphia so Joel Embiid could be shipped out west. He understands that that's how this works and that's what it is. It is what it is. And the fact that Ben Simmons could be so hurt and so butthurt because the NBA, there's trade speculation. Let's think about Tobias Harris and say what you will about how much you personally probably despise him. I don't. I definitely am not in the loud majority of people that just literally hate and I mean hate because I'll be honest with you there's so many people that hate Tobias Harris and there's a lot of them I would say majority of them When he got booed and when he got ripped think about the difference in the way that he handled things he's been playing great ball He's been phenomenal, really. He just took over a fourth quarter late, scored double digits, and finished with a really nice night at the office and did the same thing throughout January. So when it got ugly for him and it was toxic and it was tough, he might not be the greatest player in the world and he's obviously overpaid, but he answered the bell by just going out there and competing at a high level and putting his head down saying, I will get through this. I will battle through this. This is my version of adversity. Everybody has their own version of it. This is what I'm going to have to go through and I will do everything in my power to put myself in a position to succeed and help out this basketball team. And I do love two quotes specifically and I will point them out for you right now. 
when Joel Embiid was asked if he felt Ben Simmons' reaction was unreasonable, he said, oh, definitely, definitely. And he's not wrong to think in professional sports after Doc Rivers has basically coddled him all season long, and he looks stupid. Let's be realistic. We caught out Doc so many times as a fan base and as media members because he sounded like a fool and so bizarre for saying certain things just to support Ben as much as humanly possible. So after comments were made after Game 7, for you to freak out and to have that type of reaction, it's pretty ridiculous, and, and that would set you off the way that you did to the fact where you're hiding in your car until everyone is out of the Camden facility for you to squeeze in there like a snake and go through some workouts. And it's clear that he just has issues in general with being seen by anyone, and I think the spotlight, the cameras, no matter who it is, where it is, if it's a random guy on the street, or if it's someone who is a part of the 76ers organization, he's so damn unwilling to show his face to anyone right now, which is just so crazy. And that's why I think it's hysterical that there's a portion of this fan base that's so nervous to lose him. So when just randomly the 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 team he goes to elects to play, not elects, but is scheduled to play the Sixers, he's just going to show up and, and dominate at a different level and destroy the 76ers nonstop after unwilling to show his face in a Sixers uniform. After this whole sitting out garbage, he'll show up in an opponent's uniform on the road on that bench and think that he'll just explode with ease and handle his business accordingly, it's hard for me to think that that's a no-brainer thought. That might be 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th on my list. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm definitely not betting on it. You better show me that that would happen before I actually truly convince myself that that's the Ben Simmons that we're going to see. Oh yeah, a market like Brooklyn, a New York market after everything that's tied to him. It's so bad nationally now that no matter what city he goes to, it's going to be harsh and it's going to be brutal and there'll be pretty much every single damn market talking about him nationally no matter what team he's playing for it's hard for me to think he's just going to snap his fingers and be a consistent dog out there uh, I mean I will say it's a lot easier to play with a Kevin Durant who is an isolation give him the ball isolation ball breaking down defenders at his size being able to basically play all around the court yeah I mean you could definitely hide Ben Simmons for sure there's a difference being a Kevin Durant playing the uh, game that he plays compared to, well, this version of Joel Embiid is so sensational. Who knows? The last handful of years before Joel Embiid has gotten to this point of stardom, yeah, obviously it was a little bit different, but now Joel is just at the top tier. And, you know, I don't want to downplay what Ben Simmons has done to Joel Embiid. When I hear his voice talk about it, no matter what he says, he's hurt by it. He doesn't like this, okay? He's bothered by it. He might not sell it as much as it does eat him alive inside, but he was backstabbed by someone who was brought into this franchise with him to turn this around after losing on purpose over again. Okay, so it was a part of Joel Embiid getting here. Just like losing to the Raptors, just like losing to the Celtics when Ben Simmons wasn't there, and and Brett Brown ended up getting fired after that bubble series, and the Atlanta all of this, all of it, it might sound bizarre, but we needed this for Joel Embiid to hit this level of, I'm going to cook your ass. Seriously, though. 
So I, I know we don't want to go through this, and it's nothing that we appreciate. And realistically, we shouldn't appreciate it because Ben Simmons is ridiculous. But we don't have this level of Joel Embiid. It's, the, it's something that motivates him. It aggravates him. It pushes him. Is it Joel's team? Is it Ben's team? Well, this story pushed Joel Embiid to become the leader that he is today. And the execution side, too, on the floor. I truly believe that. Another part he brought up was, he was talking about Tyrese Maxey a little bit, and then he said, at some point, you need to have some self-awareness and do your part. So he did take shots at uh, at Ben, and it was somewhat thrown in there as mini jabs. He didn't go overboard. I thought he did a good level of it. He controlled himself perfectly. There was a bit of a, I'm not going to say a, a rant. It was more of like like he, he rambled, and he went way all over the map and started talking about how he can't really make a statement about James Harden, and then he started talking about his teammates, and then he somewhat got off the tracks a bit. But what impressed me about even when he did somewhat go down a path that didn't really make make sense and then by the end of it he had to tie it back together and go oh yeah Mike by the way to answer your original question I can't answer much about James Harden because he plays for a different team right he kind of had to package all up together to make sure his point was somewhat summarized and tied a bow on it even though he went off he never slipped up there was nothing in this that he slipped up and it says one about obviously uh the PR team informed him on what this was going to be like. Everyone knows when they go on the Mike Missinelli show, whether it's Daryl Morey or any other guest, that Mikey Miss will push, and he will try and hit certain buttons, and he's not going to shy away from certain questions. He wants to get the journalistic way of of interviewing here and get the answers that a journalist should ask. So uh, he was coached up very well, but also just the fact that he handled it as cool as he possibly could. I thought that was a plus from a Joel Embiid perspective where he was able to be him. Like, I felt I was personal. He was personal. I could personally connect with the guy who's taken over this city and being one of the greatest that we're ever going to appreciate in town for sure. No matter if he brings home a championship or not, we're never going to forget this ride that Joel Embiid puts us on. I'll never forget 50 points in 20 plus minutes. I'll never forget last night where it's a casual, somewhat silent 40 and 10 in 30 plus minutes. I mean, it was insane what he was able to do. This couple year stretch that we're about to experience is like no other, and it's a beautiful, beautiful style of play. He was able to relate to the fans personally, relate to the hard work that he's put in, and somewhat be honest with us without crossing that border. And when he was pushed, he he answered it correctly. And that somewhat I know this sounds a little goofy, and I don't want to put too much emphasis on just answering questions on the phone because what type of pressure is that really? You're not, uh, you know, you got to be honest here, though. You're a human, and you you know that you're going to get somewhat cornered into a certain direction. So when you know that's the case and you don't want to slip up, you start thinking about it. Hey, don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Your heart starts beating a little bit. You get some anxiety. It's not basketball. You go on the floor and that's your comfort zone. That's what you're used to doing. And you just stay true to yourself and say, Joel, let's go play basketball. When you're answering the questions on the phone, it's a different environment, right? And you're not in that spot normally. So it throws you in for a loop. And with that, he handled himself just like he would on the floor. It defines Joel Embiid. Everything about the questions asked, answered, that were asked, honestly. And I don't think I'm going overboard. So, you know, I know we talked about if he returned, he'd be willing. 
to basically uh, open open his hands here and open up his arms for a Ben Simmons because he thinks that this team is better with him than without him. But he also tied that together with, he doesn't hate anybody. And in this league, he wants to win so damn bad. If there's somebody he doesn't like on another team, the moment the front office selects to bring him in, it's all daps and it's all ready to rock. I think Andre Drummond might be a perfect example of, you know, they've had their history. They've had their beef. They were going back and forth and talking smack on social media. And let's not forget about the social media side of things. Now, it's ironic I bring this up because Joel obviously just trolled Ben Simmons big time by putting up a picture of toilet paper and then tweeting that I can't believe we lost shaking my head even though he was referencing a soccer game he didn't put the context necessary in the original tweets for a reason but from a big picture perspective it's obvious that he has just gotten so much more mature off the court as well with the social media side of things all of it we're watching him grow up in front of our eyes I don't know if he would handle it as easily as he made it seem And he also touched on other players in the room might not. I don't know if other guys around the room would be able to to do it so willingly. But it's, it's about how Joel would respond, really. Because this team goes the way Joel goes. If Joel holds a meeting, and I don't think this is realistically happening here, it just once again defines Joel Embiid. If Joel Embiid had a team meeting and said, yo, fellas, look, I want one. I want one bad. You guys are going to help this team as a whole get there and going to help me get to where we need to be, and I'll, I'll lead you there. Let's bring back in Ben Simmons. And then those people who would question it would probably think twice about it and be more willing to accept that because Joel has really achieved this monster, monster level of let's go. Jump into this backpack, jump into my luggage, and I'll take you there. And it's incredible. It really is. So we have some anytime hotline stuff to get into. I also want to touch on a little bit more about the whole debacle that was this morning. Before we do, DeSimone Jewelers, they are my jewelers. I got Kara's engagement ring from them, and I keep going back. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. They're a family-owned business located in Haddonfield, New Jersey, previously in Jewelers Row. Will, Lou, Nick, and Mike, they treat you like family. They work with you to get the best design at the most reasonable price you will find in the market. Custom jewelry design, jewelry repair. Repairs, appraisals, watch repairs, diamond setting, jewelry cleaning, and much more. DeSimoneJewelers.com is their website. And if you walk into their place and say, yo, bro, sent me, oh, they will definitely hook you up with a great offer. They're so passionate. They care so much about who walks in. And uh, they really do teach you and educate you about everything in store. It's a magnificent experience. DeSimone Jewelers, definitely check them out. Okay, so just to summarize a little bit on where I am with this James Harden stuff is where there's smoke, there's fire. And I truly believe deep down that there is something to this. And the fact that Ramona Shelburne is talking about James Harden and he doesn't have agents and he's working with some agents to figure this thing out. I mean, I truly believe that there's some hostility happening. And it doesn't matter what Steve Nash says. If you take the words of Steve Nash when he's getting interviewed before a game and he says, that is correct, we're not trading James Harden. He wasn't going to say anything other than that. And what bothers me, though, is there's some Sixers fans out there that hate James Harden so much that there's no way in hell that they want him here. Oh, he's old. He stinks. He's not as good as he once was. He'll be just fine with Joel Embiid, and I'll take that risk any day of the week, whether it's Seth Curry, like Bill Simmons is reporting, whether it's Matisse Thibel. If it's Danny Green, Matisse Thibel, or Seth Curry, I will sign 
sign the, the deal right now and say, let's make it happen. And I would do it in this order. Danny Green, Matisse Thibel, Seth Curry. I prefer Seth Curry here because I think he will help this team with the true professional spacing that he provides. And he is a dog when he has some of his games for sure. If you're all worried about, oh, what are you going to do defensively? And all? Look, Matisse Thibel is a good defender, okay? He's not just going to win you a seven-game series purely off of defense by matching his minutes with an opponent's squad or a, a squad's best player, whatever, whoever the opponent's best player is on the other squad. You're not just going to match him for 38, 39, 40 minutes and say, just go play defense and go win a championship because of that. A role player should never stop you from getting a star. You need stars, and it's hard to get them. Role players matter, and that's why Daryl Morey would definitely do something else after the James Harden move to help you with your loss on defense. It won't be as solid as it was with Matisse Thibel, but what it could be is something that's better offensively, worse defensively than Matisse, and it could even out because you're just fact you're not factoring in. You're just forgetting about how much more you gain on offense, even though yes, you're losing defense, and it does matter. You need a top ten defense. You do to compete. You need a top ten defense still, no doubt about it. It's not just about the offense, but you need stars to win in this league first. And because it's so hard to get your hands on one, it's easier to find role playing guys that can bang and role-playing players than it is to get the James Hardens of the world. Get me that, and then we could figure out what we're going to do. You don't stay put because you don't want to trade a Matisse Thibel. That's extremely silly. Uh, but to get back to the point here, and we're obviously going to continue this this James Harden thing for probably the next couple of days and even into the offseason if it doesn't happen before then. As you can see, from Woj, Shams, Ramona, Bill Simmons, and Keith Pompey, there's so much being thrown. It's just everyone trying to get their side of the story out. It's more of a wait and let's see. Today was just a, a real big description of, holy hell, what is reporting anymore? Oh, wow. Where does this nonsense even come from anymore? Oh, wow. This is absurd. Cat and mouse game, nonstop. And that's just reality of the situation. All right, let's rock some anytime hotline stuff here. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. Real quickly, let's start things off. Here we go. Hey, bro. Oh, man. I mean, the Joel Embiid interview, all I can say is, like, what I think is that Joel Embiid obviously doesn't like Ben Simmons, but he knows that they're a better team with him on the floor. And I think especially this year with the fact that we finally have a point guard in Tyrese Maxey, move Ben, put him in that Matisse Thibel role. You know, it's just a starting defender and possible, like, playmaker, someone to, like, you know, speed up the offense. I think Joel knows that, but at the same time, he doesn't like Ben Simmons. So, I mean, personal feelings aside, he wants him there. Personally, does not want him there. I don't know if he actually wants him there, even though he made that statement. I almost got the vibe of, we got to make sure we continue our leverage. Daryl Morey spoke to Joel Embiid before the interview happened. And keep in mind, Daryl Morey has had a couple of opportunities to speak with Mikey Miss, so he knows how everything's going to play out. It's like, hey, if they talk about Ben, make sure you mention, because people hear this, and this is now on the record. So when you're you're picking up the phone, you're talking to anyone around the league, did you hear what I said on Mikey Miss? Did you hear what Joel Embiid said on Mikey Miss? We 
want Ben Simmons here. It's part of the negotiation tactic more than it is really giving a damn about him, to be honest with you. And is this team better with the $30 million play compared to not? In regular season action, yes. In fourth quarter of playoff games, I don't know if that's necessarily true because it definitely crushes you big time. And we've seen that for multiple seasons now, not just last year. But if you go back to how he was doing nothing against the Toronto Raptors as well, that definitely happened there too. And those shot clock violations and everything with Jimmy Butler and all that definitely happened because Ben Simmons was still the same player then too. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know if deep down he wants Ben Simmons here or if he cares about Ben Simmons. I look at it more of a negotiation thing with how Daryl Morey can maximize his return if they just keep admitting that, yeah, we would love Ben Simmons back because then you can start playing the game with the other teams that listen to us, listen to what we're saying. All right, we'll read a couple text messages here. Kyle in Northeast Philly says, Mike's interview today with Joel was refreshing. It's an athlete that understands winning is everything. How many times did he reference himself knowing he had to get better? He said he will do everything to win a title hundreds of times. His head and heart is in the right place, and it sort of makes me believe he will manifest this into reality. Hopefully, it's here in Philadelphia and not in another city. Let's say the Golden State Warriors, for example. Clay, Steph, and multiple picks. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, that is what he referenced, and uh, I, I want you all be to do it here for sure. But that's fascinating, right? Um, I, I know somebody, not in the, in the sports world, but in the music industry, that always told themselves how they were going to accomplish their goal and what they were going to do to get themselves in a position. And over time, they just kept speaking about it, kept putting in the work, and kept doing it. And then overall, I think it's perfectly said, they, they manifested what they believed in and what they saw and what they envisioned. And to a degree, you know, there was a time when I was younger and I was still in my college days, and I said, I want to do sports talk radio. I want to, I listen to 97.5 The Fanatic all the time. I want to be a sports talk radio host in Philadelphia. And I kept telling myself that over and over and over and over again. And then we're coming up on basically my one-year show in March. It would be one year, one full year at the Fanatic, which is mind-blowing. But, you know, you could also say that to a degree, I, I somewhat just kept telling myself how I'm going to do it, put in the work, and made it happen. It, it does sound that he is so damn determined that nothing is going to come in, in front of him. Now, there might be seasons of toughness, and Michael Jordan had to lose, and he lost to the to the Detroit Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, until he eventually got to his goal. So that definitely did happen for him, and that's part of a process. So I'm not saying that he'll never lose again because he wants to win. No, but in terms of winning a title for this city, the, the more and more I hear it, it it's like he's, he's speaking it into existence, and that is refreshing. I like your message there, Kyle, from uh, Northeast Philly. Thank you so much for texting. And this is uh, Stan from Jackson, New Jersey. Embiid fired off, uh, fired off a couple shots Ben's way. When he asked about changing anything about how the Hawks series went, he talked about the comments, but then realized there wasn't anything wrong with what he discussed by himself or with what Doc said. My words, not his. But maybe if Ben Simmons took the same offseason approach as Joel, they would be in the, they wouldn't be in this predicament as we speak today. What is my point? Ben Simmons is sh charming soft. Another good jab there late in the text message. I'm not that the other one was a jab, but it was a good ending based off of Embiid's comments and based off of uh, Joel's tweets. That was solid as well. You're right. You would imagine at this stage 
of an NBA professional that when somebody questions how good you are, whether it's Shaq, the TNT crew, no matter who it is, Sixers fans, sports talk, radio, no matter who, that there would be something that would fuel you and burn you alive inside to make sure everybody knows that you're going to do everything in your power to excel. If Tobias doesn't, it's not for a lack of trying. It's not for a lack of going about his business the right way. He just failed at it. And it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. It's how you respond to failure. And Ben Simmons has just responded so poorly and makes us all sick. And that's where we're going to end things here. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to this episode of Sports Talk with Broads. And I will see you next time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.